I was experiencing as we were worshiping. That idea that, that it seems like life is coming against so many people. That that God has designed us to be his children. God has designed us to be loved and have a life of fullness just as Jesus promised. And yet it seems like the enemy is just continually trying to discourage. Now I, I know there's a reason for it is because he knows that his time is short. He knows that he loses. He knows that, that in the end, God is going to do exactly what he promised. He's going to bring us home with him for eternity and we're going to live in heaven with him and there's no longer going to be a tear or sorrow that he's going to wipe those things away and that we are going to live in a new heaven and a new earth. It's going to be great. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be calorie free. I mean, it's going to be awesome. I know that. Our enemy knows that. And so what does he do? He tries to discourage us along the way and he puts obstacles before us and they are real. They are hard. Life is sometimes not fun. So when we reflect our life and we reflect what we're going through, sometimes it's hard to see the purpose behind it, the reasoning. Why? Why do you believe what you believe? I've asked myself this over and over again. Why do you believe what you believe? It's not because, you know, I hope it's not just because someone told you. If that was the case, then I would not be here because someone told me that I was a devil's child. It was my Sunday school teacher. What a way to bring encouragement to a young boy. You're a devil's child. I'm glad I didn't believe them. I was told that when someone asked, what do you want to do when you grow up? I said, I want to be a pastor. They said, well, you better look for a second job because when you get fired from doing that, you've got something to live on. What's the purpose? I just want, you know what I want? I want the truth. Because, see, our eyes lie to us. Our thoughts lie to us. Our mind plays tricks on us. And our enemy knows this. So he deceives us. And he tries to get thoughts and doubts to settle in to your belief about who God is. Because let's just be intellectually honest. We believe in God. With that saying, we believe that God can do anything. That God can miraculously provide, miraculously heal, miraculously make the waters part, make the things happen we need God to do. And only God can do it. Only God can change it. And we believe this. And yet, what, do, what does our thoughts say? And what do our eyes see? And what does history teach us? Discouragement, disappointment, failure. But yet, we believe that it could be different, that there's something more. So how do we find the truth? How do we find the truth? And this, is, this has been a journey of mine for the last several years. I just want to know the truth. I just got to know the truth. I got to know exactly what it is, who he is. And so when the Lord was speaking to me 
few years ago. He said to me, Pete, I want you to believe my word. That's your job, to believe me. He's the truth. Jesus even told us this, right? He is the way, the truth. He, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth. So how do we discover truth? I want you to look with me in John chapter 18. Jesus has been captured. He's being sent to Pilate. In verse 28 it says this. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus to Caiaphas, to the place of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning. And to avoid ceremony uncleanliness, uncleanness, uncleanness, excuse me, they did not enter the palace, the, the palace because they wanted to be able to eat Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, what charges are you bringing against this man? If he is a criminal, criminal if, he, if he were not a criminal, they replied, we wouldn't have handed him over to you. And Pilate says, take him yourself and judge him by your own law. When you start reading the story, you start to get this picture that Pilate, he's not sure what's going on. They bring Jesus to him, and they have a motive. They have an intention. The Jews want to kill Jesus Christ. They want to get rid of him. They want him executed. They don't want him tried. They want him killed. They have a motive. They have a reasoning. And so they, they bring him. But they also don't want to disqualify themselves from the Passover. Because see, to them, their rules, their regulations, their services, what they did was so much more important than Jesus Christ. And they wanted to protect their ability to celebrate Passover. It was their, it was their rituals, their traditions that were more important than this man's life. And so Pilate asked them, verse 29, what charges are you bringing against this man? And they said, if he were not a criminal, they would replied, we would not have handed him over to you. And Pilate said, take care of him yourself and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. Their motives are starting to come out. You see, when, when people are coming against you, when people are coming against you and they have hatred and they have anger and passion against you, their motives will surely be discovered. You can't hide it. You know, just like, because love and hate are very similar. Love and hate are very similar. When you love someone, you are just overwhelmingly blinded to them. But when you hate someone, you are overwhelmingly blinded by your hatred. And you can't even see how you act. That's why Jesus tells us to forgive Forgive because it destroys you when you have unforgiveness in your heart. It destroys you. It, it changes you and you can't even see it. But their motives are starting to be revealed. We have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Verse 33, Pilate then went back inside, inside the palace and summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said this, Is that your own idea, or did others talk to you about me? Jesus is really framing the conversation here for Pilate. He's saying, listen, is that something you believe, 
Or did someone put that in your head? Because how many know that sometimes people who believe in God, it's because it was put in their head. It was put in their head. Well, my mom and dad did it. My mom and dad did it, and so I had to do it. You know, I would always, once in a while, you would have people come to church, and I would say, hey, you know, thanks for joining us. Why you come today? Well, it's because my parents went to church, and I want my kids to have that experience. And I always told them, or told myself, and I knew that they wouldn't last. Because if it's an idea that someone else put there, it's not really your idea. But when it's yours, when it's something that you truly believe that I I want to be with God, I need to follow Him, I need to put my faith and trust in Him, then it will last for eternity. And so Jesus says, is that your own ideal? Or did others talk to you about me? Pilate said, am I a Jew? These are your own people. Your priest handed you over to me. What is it that you've done? And Jesus then is going to explain to Pilate what's going on. He says this, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, Pilate said. Jesus says, My kingdom is not of this world. For Pilate, all he could think about was just his natural understanding of what kingdoms are. And Pilate must have thought, oh, you are a king. You must not be from around here, but you're a king somewhere. But Jesus says, listen, I'm not of this world. My kingdom is not of this My kingdom, and this is what he's not telling him. Jesus is saying, listen, my kingdom built this world. That's why Jesus says, do not swear by heaven because that's God's throne. And don't swear by anything here because this is his footstool. This is under him. My kingdom is over this. But if I wanted an earthly kingdom, yeah, I could have my disciples fight for me. But it's from another place. And Pilate says, you are a king. And Jesus said this, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. You say I'm a king. You confessed it. But I want to tell you something. The reason why I was born was I was going to testify to the truth. And Jesus makes a statement that is just so profound to me. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. This morning, remember I told you I just wanted to know the truth. just wanted to know the truth. I, I want to know the world we live in and why things are the way they are. I just want to know what's actually happening in our world. I don't want to be lied to because that's not my God. My God does not lie. I know that we have a, uh, an enemy that is, is influencing this world and he influences people to be like him that he is the father of lies. I know that we have an enemy that is here that is able to deceive this world. That The Bible says in, in Revelation that he is able to lead the whole world astray. I don't want to be lied to. I just want to know the truth. And Jesus says this, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And Pilate asked, what is truth? You see, Jesus never responds to Pilate. He never explains it to him. But he told him, everyone who is seeking truth listens to me. 
Everyone who is on the side of truth listens to me. Jesus is telling Pilate, listen, if you want to know truth, listen to me. What is truth? I believe this, that we need to be on the side of truth. We need to be on the side that is seeking Jesus. And when we do, we will discover who he is and why he's here. Jesus said that he was here for a reason. He was born to testify to the truth. What is the truth? Here's the truth. Go back with me to John chapter 1. Because John is trying to paint a picture here, paint a story. Because if you're reading this book, if you're reading this gospel, it comes up to this point where Jesus is about ready to be turned over to be crucified. He has people who hate him, people who want him destroyed. All he has done is help people. All he's done is heal people. All he has done is, is set people free. And yet the Jews are so motivated to kill Jesus Christ. And all Jesus is doing is testifying. He is letting you know what the truth is. And that if you are a seeker of truth, then you will listen to Jesus. And what did he testify about? John stated it in chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It has not understood it. It has not understood that it was Jesus that brought light into the darkness. And I want to tell you this morning that Jesus will be, bring light into your situation if you just seek Him. He'll bring light into your situation and it will not be able to overcome it. I'll tell you, the world may say things are impossible, but not my God. The world may say it won't happen, but not my God. Because see, everything that my God says is truth. And when he tells you something, it is not to mislead you. It is not to give you false hope. It is not to give you expectations to be disappointed at the very end. He's telling you things because he speaks truth. And he wants you to hold on. And he is telling us that he was there in the beginning. The word was there. And he is testifying to this, that I've come to bring light into your situation. To bring light into the darkest places that you may be in. And he tells us that the darkness cannot, will not overcome it. No matter how desperate the situation is, I know we win. No matter how hard life may be, I know we win. Why? Because we have the light of Jesus Christ inside of us and the darkness cannot overcome it. But it's hard for us to believe that because we're human and we remember and we experience disappointment and we experience trials and tribulations and we get discouraged and we get down. We understand that, but you know who never never doubted this, who Jesus was? The, the things that have never doubted who Jesus was was the demons. If you read in the Bible, Jesus comes and people who are demon-possessed, the demons recognize who Jesus is. You are the Son of God. Have you come to torment us before the appointed time? 
when he came to Galilee, they said, you are the son of the Most High. Have you come to torture us? Because see, the demonic world knows who Jesus is. And what did Jesus tell him? Quiet. Don't you say a thing. Because the people that I'm after need to accept me as who I am. See, Jesus didn't come and reveal himself as the conquered king. Remember, he went to Jerusalem on a donkey. At the very end, Jesus is going to come back on the white horse. And he is going to come back as the conquering king, the one who is faithful and true. And he is going to bring an end to this world and an end to the reign of the demonic time period. And he is going to establish his kingdom forever. But right now, it's hard to see the one on the white horse because we go through times of discouragement, trials, and tribulation. But I want to tell you, you must understand that Jesus speaks truth. Jesus is truth. And he is the one who brings light and the darkness has not overcome it. And the only entities in this scripture, because his disciples doubted him at times, his disciples didn't believe him at times. His disciples were worried sometimes. When Jesus said, let's go back to Jerusalem. Remember Thomas? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's go all die together. Let's die together, guys. Thomas, when he wasn't there when Jesus appeared to his disciples, and, and Thomas says, you know what? Only if I see his nails in his hands, only if I see it will I believe it. Peter. Peter was told that Jesus was going to die. Jesus told him that he was going to die. But Peter says, no, Jesus, no, never, uh-uh. They did not believe it. And at times they even doubted. John the Baptist, his closest cousin, the one who went before and testified that Jesus Christ was the one who was the baptizer of the Holy Spirit, John the Baptist even doubted and sent his disciples and said, would you please ask Jesus if, he's, if he is the one. But the entities that never doubted it were the demonic spirits. Why? Because they knew exactly who he was. He was the victorious king that has come. He was the one who come to make his dwelling among us. He was the one who had the power and the authority to destroy them all. And yet we don't live that way sometimes. Sometimes we live like we're serving a king that is not victorious. We're serving a king that has no control over the things that we're going through. A couple years ago, God gave me a word to my son. And it had to do with the plan. God said this to him. Said that I'm going, and this was to me. And so my son wrote this down and gave it to me. And he says, Dad, I don't, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense because... I have no idea what this means, but I think this is what I heard from God, so I'm going to give it to you. And this is what it was said. I am going to take a break from my master plan and bring you comfort. Thank you. What do I do with that? Because at that moment, I was suffering quite badly. At that moment, I was going through some hard stuff with me and my family, and I was being discouraged, and I was living in fear, and all this stuff. And God said this to my son. I'm going to take a break from my master plan and bring you comfort. And you know what God did? God brought comfort into my life, just like he said. So when that season passed, and then all of a sudden, we still go through hard times and still go through moments of testing and trials, I told my wife, I said, you know what? 
this is still God's plan. Because, see, God has a plan for us. God has a plan for each one of us. And you must trust and believe that the one who can do anything knows what he's doing. This is the plan. God isn't trying to figure things out. He knows what's going to happen. He knows. And why does he tell us over and over again in Scripture, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be bold. Be strong. Trust him. He'll never fail you. Why does he tell us that? Because he won't. He knows what's going on. He knows every detail of your life. And that's what makes me so humble to recognize that out of all my mistakes and out of all my stupid things I've ever done, God still had a plan for me. And he works all those things out for my good so that he will be glorified. So this morning, I just, I'm sharing my heart this morning because I want us to recognize who Jesus is. I want us to recognize who he really is. The demons knew exactly who he was. They saw him. They knew he was God. So I want us to recognize who Jesus is. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, I want you to know that Jesus is God and he is going to bring light into your situation. And no matter what the enemy tries to do, you will never be overcome because this world cannot stop our God. This world cannot prohibit and restrict who God is. He is over this kingdom. He is God. I pray you put your faith in Jesus. I pray you put your faith in him and trust him that he knows what he's doing. And how do you know what is the truth? How do you know what to do in your life? You seek him because everyone that seeks truth listens to me. Get in, in tune with Jesus. Get in private with Jesus. Be with Jesus and he'll speak to you and he'll help you. So this morning, do not be discouraged. I had a burden on my heart this morning for the people because I feel so much hurt and pain even in this room. You did not even want to tell your spouse of the thoughts that you've been thinking. But Jesus is telling you right now, listen to me. Find me. And watch me be who I say I am. Watch me be the one who does the impossible. 